0: A new invasive insect is moving across the United States. It is only just a matter of time before it shows up in Wisconsin. Native to China, the spotted lanternfly was first found in Pennsylvania in 2014. Since then, it has been gradually entering other states. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seebecker. P.J. Leash, the director of the UW-Madison Inset Diagnostics Lab and state entomologist, also known as the Wisconsin bug guy. Cheers more on what the spotted lantern fly is.
1: The spotted lantern fly is an invasive species of insect. It's from a type of insect group that we call the plant hoppers. So they're related to things like leaf hoppers and cicadas and the like. But this is a pretty unique family that we really don't have around here in Wisconsin. And the reason that this spotted lantern fly is invasive is it's not native to Wisconsin or North America for that matter. It's originally native to parts of East Asia. However, it was detected in the U.S. for the first time in 2014 in eastern Pennsylvania. And it has been slowly but surely spreading its way around since that time.
0: How can you be aware of them if they're here or not? Like, what are the factors to be kind of looking for?
1: Well, one nice thing about the spotted lanternfly is that it has a very, very distinctive appearance. So that is is something that is really going to catch our eye, hopefully, if folks spot it. And I do want to state that uh, we have not had any detections of live specimens here in Wisconsin. So it's something that uh, may be showing up with time, um, but uh, for the most part, it's an issue mostly in the eastern U.S., but we've been seeing a couple uh, cases pop up in more Midwestern areas. But in terms of the appearance of this insect, the adults are quite large. They're about an inch long, and when they're just standing still, their wings are kind of folded back over their body, and those are grayish, but they have a pretty distinctive polka dot pattern. On the wings, there's these black polka dots. There's also some tiny little dashed lines. And so it makes me think of a a Morse code pattern, if you will. you got these dots and dashes. Now, what's interesting, though, is if the insect actually folds its wings up, like it's going to try and fly or move around, the hind wings have a very vibrant, very unique, brilliant neon pink color to them. And we really don't have anything else uh, that looks quite like this. So that is very distinctive. And then uh, on the abdomen of the insect, there's actually some yellowish color coloration, but the wings would have to be uh, fully folded out to the side to see that. But again, with the large size, the adults are about an inch long, and those hind wings, the brilliant neon pink color with these black polka dots on the wings, that's a very distinctive characteristic. So those are the adults, and, and if they were to be found this time of the year, that's what we would be seeing as the adult stage. In parts of the country where uh, spider lantern flies established, the nymphs or juveniles can be found earlier in the year, and these go through four Substages, uh, juvenile substages called instars. The first three are black with some white polka dots on their body. So that's also pretty distinctive in terms of the appearance of what these look like. And then the fourth juvenile stage, kind of the adolescent stage, if you will. They're not quite adults yet, but getting close. That one is black and red with some white spots on the body. So all the life stages have a pretty distinctive appearance, and that's what we're keeping an eye out for with this particular insect.
0: So you mentioned it's not here in Wisconsin yet. But why is it important to still be
1: aware? Well, this is an insect that poses some risks for us here in Wisconsin in terms of uh, agricultural impact, but also impact to yard and landscape trees. If you look at the research that's been done on spotted lanternfly, it's known to feed on 70 to maybe even 100 or more different types of plants. And there are some agricultural plants in that list that are known to be fed on by spotted lanternfly. That would include things such as fruit trees are on that list. A really important plant that's on the list, though, is grapes. It turns out that spotted lanternfly is really fond of grape plants to complete their life cycle on and simply feeding cause damage on. So that's a concern than I have in my mind would be for our grape and vineyard industry here in Wisconsin. This is something that they're really going to want to keep a close eye out for. But then in addition to those grapes and fruit trees, spotted lanternfly can feed on a pretty wide range of yard and landscape trees. So you could have, for example, a black walnut tree in your backyard. These insects can feed on a tree like that. And when they feed, they use mouthparts that would remind you kind of of like a mosquito's mouthparts. They're these narrow tubular structures. They use that to suck fluids out. So they're not chewing holes in the plant leaves or anything like that. But they're sucking fluid out, and actually when they do this, they feed on the staff. They can't digest all the sugars, so they actually excrete excess sugars. We call that honeydew, and this honeydew can drip down and really be pretty messy. So You have all these insects feeding. You have this dripping sugar water. You can get mold that grows on that. And I've seen pictures from in the eastern part of the country where you can get trees where there are quite literally hundreds, if not thousands, of these inch long, large insects feeding, causing quite a mess. So there's a lot of different concerns associated with these particular insects.
0: Do you mind touching on what is the economic impact that this will have, whether that's a kind of an estimated number of impact it could potentially have on Wisconsin farmers and gardeners or just an
1: overall outlook? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I haven't seen any sort of uh, number crunching done for impacts here in the state. Out east, of course, it it is causing headaches for fruit growers, such as farmers that are growing uh, grapes for wine or table grapes, for example. And so you'd have the cost of perhaps having to do additional insecticide applications, which is going to factor into the economics. So again, I haven't seen any uh, actual number crunching done, but we do have some of those same concerns here in Wisconsin. However, if there is a little bit of good news, perhaps, for Wisconsin, there was a study that came out a few years ago that looked at climate modeling, things like temperature and, in general, weather factors. And uh, the researchers made a model to predict where there is going to be good habitat for spotted lanternfly, that is, places it may be able to move to and really get to establish and be problematic. And they also looked at areas that are going to be poor habitats, or unsuitable habitat where this insect is simply unlikely to survive. And so some good news along those lines for Wisconsin is if you look at that particular study and the maps that were generated from those models, We do have some concerns in southeastern Wisconsin. That uh, part of the state is probably going to be pretty good habitat for this insect. But as you move farther northward and westward, the habitat is less and less suitable for spotted lanternfly, or at least that is what is expected at this point. So for the far northern part of Wisconsin, especially the northwest corner of the state, that is generally predicted to be unsuitable habitat. So based on what we currently know, we're probably not going to have issues with spotted lanternfly in that part of Wisconsin, but again, southeast part of the state, but also eastern Wisconsin, where Lake Michigan can moderate the climate a bit more. We may be seeing some activity from this insect at some point down the road. And again, that's going to have some sort of economic impact. We just don't fully understand what that may mean in terms of actual numbers.
0: What measures can be taken to reduce the risk of carrying the spotted lanternfly into Wisconsin?
1: How do they travel? It turns out that spotted lanternfly is a really good hitchhiker. The various life stages could sometimes you know hop into a package of commodities like a pallet packed with goods we have actually had a few cases here in the state where dead specimens had been found in Wisconsin. They were dead on arrival and those commodities originated elsewhere. I I recall a particular situation involving a warehouse in southern Wisconsin where a pallet of goods, some commodities, had been shipped from uh, eastern Pennsylvania where a spotted lanternfly has a very strong foothold there. A single dead adult specimen was found, but again it was dead on arrival. But it just goes to show that sometimes these insects can sneak into things and potentially get moved. So we have a concern there. A bigger concern in my mind though are the Eggs. So, this insect, uh, thus far from what we've been seeing, has one generation per year and they overwinter as eggs. And so, if the adults lay eggs on items that are not a tree or shrub or something along those lines, if they lay eggs on say, a pallet or construction equipment or a truck that then drives from parts of the mid-Atlantic states to Wisconsin, that could be an easy potential route of introduction. So if you look at places like Pennsylvania, they do actually have some programs in place so that there are inspections, for example, to minimize the chance of this insect being moved. But again, that's a big concern in my mind. If you have folks simply going on vacation, maybe a month-long car trip, and you head out east at the time that a lanternflies laying eggs, and then you drive back, there's always a like, chance that uh, you could have some hitchhikers, a batch of eggs coming with you. That was
0: PJ Leash, the director of the UW-Madison Insect Diagnostic Lab. If you suspect you have found a spotted lanternfly, be sure to take photos, note the location, and report it to DatCap. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seebecker.